Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy and friends are resting this week and will return next week. However, we have a leader from our local church community giving today's message. Today's sermon is given by Pastor Billy Kim, Director of Communications at 180 Church and Chaplain at NYU. So it's a privilege to be preaching here on the 4th of July weekend. And I'm sure for many of us in this political and socially charged environment that we're in, uh, the celebration can seem quite conflicting and bring a whole new meaning for some of us here. Uh, On one hand, it is a day where our country celebrates freedom, uh, where we acknowledge our independence from the British. Um, and we commemorate the adoption of the Declaration of Independence, where it famously said that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Powerful words, powerful truths, But in context, we know when the Founding Fathers said that all men are created equal, we know that they weren't talking about all men. The truth is, slavery existed and would continue to perpetuate for another 91 years until the Emancipation Proclamation, an hypocrisy that Frederick Douglass famously addressed. But we know that intrinsically, existentially, and biblically, that when the Founding Fathers said that all men are created equal, and women created equal, there's something that actually rings true. And that's why when we see injustices like slavery, or systemic racism, or any kind of form that degrades the value of human beings, people time and time again have risen up, spoke forth, and fought for the dignity and the value of human beings because we all know intrinsically that we are created in the image of God, no matter what color or what gender you're in. And I say this in light of the 4th of July and in reflection of what the Declaration of Independence says, because I think it reveals that there is a higher law that we are called to, even above any human law. And there is a a higher creed that we must be obedient to and we are most loyal to. Now, don't get me wrong. When I'm saying this, I am not being anti-American or anti-patriotic. I just want to say that I love this country and I'm grateful to it. And I hope that those of you guys across the world feel the same way about your country. I am grateful for the people that have honored and protected and continue to serve to protect this country. I am grateful for the rights of speech that I could be doing right now. I'm grateful for the right to protest and even the right to worship. Because the truth is, and there are certain places around the world that if we were to be worshiping in the name of Jesus, we would be jailed and we would be killed. My friend who works for the UN and also uh, a refugee often reminds me of that every time I complain about this country. She always tells me that you Americans, you know, you're cute. And I go, why? He goes, because at least you can actually complain and even criticize your leaders. 
you know, if she said that there are certain parts of the world that if we were to say that or to complain on our TikTok, our Twitter, or our Reddit, we would disappear. And so in, con- in light and context of that, I want to say that I'm very grateful. But even though America is great in many ways, um, and there are certain things that are beautiful about it, I just want to just say that that doesn't mean that we are God's chosen country. Um, we are no more or, or more special than the rest. The fact is, is that God loves all. And in fact, the Bible says that God so loved the world, not God so loved just America. And I say that because it's very important because especially as followers of Christ, we are not Americans first, we are kingdom first. And, and even for those who are following Christ in your countries, it's not your country first, it's kingdom first. And that's what I want to actually talk about today. I want to talk about what it means to be, to have our allegiance in Christ and what it means to be kingdom first and what that actually, and how that actually actually flourish and actually bless people as we move forward in this very political and social environment that we find ourselves today. So let's look into the scriptures and we'll find out how. Hey, what up guys? Um, Today's scripture is from the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 23 to 31. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of our holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. That is the word of the Lord. So in the beginning, we asked the question, what does it mean to live kingdom first? What does it mean to align yourself to Christ? And this is the first lesson. The first lesson is to check the cost you're willing to pay for your beliefs and your faith. And you see this actually play out in verse 23, where it says, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and their elders had said to them. And you have to ask, why does it say on their release? And they say that because Peter and John were actually mistreated and jailed for proclaiming the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, We've been on this passage for quite a while. And so for those who haven't been here, uh, the reason why Peter and John were jailed is because they healed an invalid that was paralyzed for 40 years in Jesus' name. And it was something that the religious leaders at that time did not like or or disagreed with. 
And as a result, when they saw this, and they saw Peter and John proclaiming the power of God, they wanted to silence them, and they wanted to mistreat them, and they actually put him to jail. But in that kind of persecution and opposition, this is what Peter and John actually said to them. He says, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen or heard. In other words, what Peter and John were doing was they were calling forth a higher law, God's law. It's in the same vein when Dr. King referred to Kant's categorical imperative that all men are created equal in face of segregation because there is inherent value and dignity of every human being. And so for Peter and John, they were willing to be persecuted, mistreated, for the sake of the gospel, for their belief. A few weeks ago, I actually met up with my parents that I haven't seen in three months. Uh, because of the pandemic and because my parents' health are frail and they're old, we wanted to make the ultimate precautions. So I was looking forward to that day because it would be the first day we actually met up together um, to eat together and to catch up with one another. But throughout the conversation in the night, the conversation of Black Lives Matter came up. And to be honest with you, that put me a rock in a hard place. And the reason why it, came, it was a rock in a hard place because they were saying things about the movement that were just totally untrue. My parents get their information by a Korean outlet and a lot of it was very one-sided where they thought that the movement was just a violent movement and they were the reasons for the riots. And when they were saying these things, to be honest with you, I did not want to say anything. Honestly, I, part of me wanted to just shift the conversation to a more peaceful one because I just wanted to just have an enjoyable time with my family. I just wanted to enjoy my mom's cooking. I just wanted it to have a pleasant night. And to be honest with you, it, it took me a while because I didn't want to be that guy that brings an argument to the family dinner table. But I did, you know, I spoke up. And truth, the truth is, is that when I spoke up, it wasn't pleasant. Uh, we argued, we fought on the dinner table, over the dinner table. But what I learned that night about myself is that that cause to protect and preserve the dignity of my fellow black brothers and sisters was more important than the comfort of my mom's cooking. And I share that with you guys because when it comes to our allegiance, we don't know what we are loyal to unless there is opposition and persecution that's faced against it. Because the truth is, it's easy to say that we are for something and we are for social injustice or even for Christ. It's so easy to say those things that we're in a winning side or when it's trending. It's harder when you have to pay a cost. It's harder when you have to lose something for something that you really believe in and what you put your faith in. And you know, that's what actually makes the gospel of Jesus Christ the most compelling thing in the world. Because what you see is that in our founder, Jesus Christ, paying the ultimate cost and the greatest sacrifice to his own life for our salvation. 
And so that's why I believe that the gospel is so compelling. Um, when you look at Jesus Christ, he paid the ultimate cost of his own life for our salvation. That Jesus paid the ultimate price so that he could make the wrong things right when he didn't have to. And that's why we see the disciples, the early church leaders, and all the men and women in the past 2,000 years that have been transformed by the gospel live with radical love in their radical life to stand for what is right even though it might cost them everything because of what Jesus did and what he stands for for you and me and this world. That's the beauty of the gospel. And so this is my challenge for all of us who are believers today. What, what does our persecution, our opposition, our, temp, our temptation reveal about our loyalty and our allegiance? Are we more loyal to our politics? Are we loyal to our comfort? Are we more loyal to our preferences? And I would even dare say, are we more loyal to our family than Christ? And I pray that the Holy Spirit will do some work and reflection in our lives so that we could realign ourselves to Christ. Now, for those who are seeking and investigating Christ, our allegiance and our loyalty to Christ is probably going to be the most hardest thing. But I pray that what you see about who Jesus is, the goodness of who he is, and what he stands for and what he fights for, will help you draw into him and recognize that he is the way. And that you are not going to be uh, alone, you are not going to be on your own, but even in whatever cost that you have to lay down, that you are invited to his love and his family. The question we asked from the very beginning is, how do we make the kingdom first? How do we align our allegiance to Christ? And this is the second lesson we learned. We have to recognize that faith comes with opposition and not apart from it. And we see this play out in verse 25 where it says, You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up, and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Potmas Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. In other words, in the face of persecution that Peter and John experienced, perhaps probably the first time after his resurrection, the community of God reminded them that Jesus' life was marked with the same kind of life. And so it goes to show that when it comes to our faith is that opposition and faith are inseparable. In fact, I would dare say that true faith is forged in the fires of resistance, persecution, temptation, and opposition. And so that means that for many of us, if we see no tension in our lives and there is no risk, 
then we have to come back and we have to reevaluate who we're really uh, following. But if we find ourselves, whether it's followers or even us that are investigating, and you see that tension and you see that wrestling, know that the spirit is working, that he is there. For example, this reminds me of a story that I like to share often, but I think it brings the point. And it's about Martin Luther King Jr. um, and his calling when he started the civil rights movement um, and he and there was a, a bomb that act, there was a bomb threat to his family and this is what he said he said as I sat at the table thinking about that little girl his baby daughter and thinking about the fact that she would be taken away from me any minute I started thinking about a dedicated do- devoted and loyal wife who was over there asleep and I got to the point that I couldn't take it anymore I was weak and I discovered then that religion had to become real to me and I had to know God for myself. And I bowed down over that cup of coffee. I will never forget it. I prayed a prayer and I prayed out loud that night. And I said, Lord, I'm here trying to do what's right. I think I'm right. I think the cause that we're representing is right. But Lord, I must confess that I am weak now. I'm altering. I'm losing courage. And it seemed to me at that moment that I could not, I could hear an inner voice saying to me, Martin Luther, Stand up for righteousness, stand up for justice, stand up for truth, and lo, I will be with you, even until the end of the world. And I heard the voice of Jesus saying, still fight on. The reality is, is that whenever we fight for anything that is meaningful and it's real, we will face opposition. Because anything that is bigger than ourselves will require risk. You know, we see that in Dr. King's life, and we see that in Jesus' life where he paid the ultimate cost um, and took the greatest risk to reconcile him to us. And so us as followers of Christ, if he gave the ultimate price and paid the ultimate cost, are we not called to do the same, to fight for justice, for truth, and for salvation? Now, that doesn't mean that we can't be afraid. You know, the fact is it's normal to feel fear, but in the midst of everything that we might be feeling and anxiety that might be rising to be we are to be reminded that god is sovereign and he is actually in control you know and that's the thing about the gospel the gospel is not about us running away from problems it's it's there to teach us how to actually face it wrestle with it and even thrive in it you know it reminds me of what happened in the first century uh, with the plague that was going on in the Roman Empire. And we shared this before, but many of the senators and the leaders in the city fled because of the plague, but it was the Christians that stayed. And it was the Christians that actually took care of the vulnerable, the weak, the sick. And it was that kind of risk and representation that allowed people to really see in the Roman Empire about what Jesus is and who he is and how radical and powerful that love is through his people. And the reason why I say this, because in this pandemic, I'm sure many of us feeling that rising anxiety more than ever before with the massive spikes in COVID cases. There is an apprehension that we feel about meeting up with people. And please don't get me wrong when I say this, because I am the last person that would want 180 to be on the news, to be the first church that brings the second wave of the coronavirus. But I think as followers of Christ, we have to figure out 
and be creative and thinking of ways of how to engage with people that actually might need a personal touch, that actually might need to actually see somebody, to talk with someone, uh, to engage and to know that they are not alone, that they are loved, and God is actually with them. It's an opportunity where I want to challenge us as a body of Christ to think outside of ourselves and to take a little bit more risk to see what that actually means. Now, I know there are people that have families that are high risk. And so I'm not talking about to be foolish in any way. But I think through proper protocol, looking at the CDC guidelines and proper social distancing, to figure out innovative and creative ways where we could bring more engagement and connection to our sphere of influence, especially for those who are in need. Because after all, if people are protesting and figuring out ways to raise awareness of Black Lives Matter, are we as Christians not called to do the same because eternity matters? And so I invite you guys to this. Will you join me in this and join into making God's kingdom first in every way? Please pray with me.
now pray, bow your heads for the benediction. Be still and know I am God. Be still and know I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. God bless you. Until next time, can't wait to see you next week. Bye-bye now. I'm a member here at 188 Church, and we're so glad that you were able to attend today's service with us. Um, there are a few community news that I'd like to share with you all. The first announcement is about our tithes and offering. We want to remind all of our members here at 188 Church to keep God in the center of your life, which includes your finances. You guys can do so through the online payment method shown on the screen. You can give through Venmo at Church 180, Zelle and Chase QuickPay at offering at 180church.tv, or if PayPal is your preferred method of giving, you can head over to our website at 180church.tv where there is a link to donate through PayPal. If you're a visitor joining us today, welcome. If you feel blessed by their service and you feel led to give, you can do so in the payment methods that I mentioned before. Our next announcement is about our prayer text hotline at 180 Church, which is available on text at 5397prayer and also via email at prayer at 180church.tv. This is a resource for everybody and especially during this difficult time where we need some prayer and support, there is a prayer team that's ready to help you and to pray for all the requests that you may have. Um, if your prayers have been answered, you can also share them on the text hotline and we can celebrate the good news together. Next up is about small groups at 180 Church. These are smaller pockets of our community that meet on a weekly basis where we can dive a little bit deeper into the word and share how the message from that Sunday uh, spoke to us. We have a few different groups that are all meeting virtually now. And if you're not currently connected with the group, you can reach out to Pastor Billy at the email shown on the screen and he can get you plugged in into a group for you. On the topic of community, we also have a number of different social media handles and channels where you can follow us, like us, and love us during the week. We have a Tumblr page at 180BRG where we post a chapter of the Bible a day so you can read through the Bible with us. We also have a Facebook page at 180 Church. Dr. Sammy, our head pastor here at 180 Church, has a Twitter handle at Dr. Sammy Kim. We also have a YouTube channel at 180 Church NYC, where I'm sure most of you guys are watching us right now. And we also have two different Instagram pages at 180 Church and also at 180BRG, where there are really encouraging posts and verses that get shared there. So I hope you guys will follow us there and be encouraged. We also have the 180 Church podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends, where you can tune into a conversation and a dialogue that goes into goes into the word a little bit deeper with Pastor Lydia and Joe Wu, who is a member of our community here. It's always a great time just listening to them um, converse about how the message has spoke to them and has impacted them, and you can see how it can do the same for you. We also have a virtual 180 Cafe on the Discord app where you guys can come hang out at any time in different groups on different channels. And it's an easy way to stay connected with the community and also check in with one another. In addition to this, uh, we, have, we have a new addition, which is our SoundCloud. And it's a worship playlist of all the things that Pastor Lydia has played throughout this pandemic. So if you've been blessed by any song throughout this time, you'll see it there. Use it as a way to connect with God, to remember that God is with you, and to be blessed by Him and to bless others through this situation that's going on. And last but not least, if you'd like to learn more about our church and want to sign up for our weekly emails, you can come visit us at 180church.tv. That's it for all of our announcements. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you all next week. Bye.